welcome to the show. This is Chris to Chris, comedy advice to fix your life. I'm your host, Chris, joined in the studio today by who? Guess who? The one and only audio engineer, best friend in the whole wide world. Mike is in the building. Mike, why don't you go ahead and say hi? Hi. Thank you, Mike. You guys might know me from YouTube, Chris vs. The World, Laser Lemming, UpAndLoaded.com. I am all over the place on the internet. Uh, you guys should check out UpAndLoaded.com if you haven't already subscribed to this podcast. We do a new episode every single Friday. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, anywhere podcasts are sold for free. We are there. Chris to Chris, UpAndLoaded. Find us. That's a good start. Find us, rate us, share us. That would be extremely helpful. Guys, we have a great show for y'all this day. This day? Yes, this day. This beautiful day, we have a great show for y'all. We're going to be talking about the fall of Rugrats, as well as the Lion King remake. Does it suck? Is it great? We'll find out. We're going to talk about the class action lawsuit against Nintendo for their Switch Joy-Con controllers. We're going to talk about listener questions. We're going to answer your questions directly, and we'll talk about a whole lot more. It's going to be a fun show. But, you know, before we get into it, I'm just going to say right now, I'm hot. I am hot. And I don't mean I'm hot as in I'm very attractive in the conventional sense, although thank you very much for thinking that. I am hot because it is 200 degrees in this room right now. It's 200 degrees. I've been hearing that there's this heat wave going around the country. And every time I see the chart, it's only highlighting the East Coast and the South. And they're acting like that is the only place that there is extreme temperatures going on in America right now. However, I got news, if you aren't aware, California has been dealing with a heat wave for the last uh, two, three hundred years. It's been nothing but hot. It's been nothing but hot. And it is extremely hot in this room because Mike's here. Mike here is saying that I shouldn't turn on the air conditioning because it's going to affect the audio. You're going to hear the sound of air blowing into the audio. So you can thank Mike for my bitchiness. That's why I'm a little steamed right now because steam is literally burning off of my body. The sweat is coming out of my pores and the heat from the room is just evaporating into steam. Anyway, let's talk Rugrats. So a few weeks back, you might remember me answering a, a listener question or two. And I said that, you know, down the, down the line... I might talk about how Rugrats went through this tonal shift, this, uh, this downfall, if you will. And this is the week. This is the week we're going to talk about Rugrats. So I've decided that there's no better day than episode 43 of Chris to Chris to handle this situation. Now, you guys know Rugrats. You guys know Rugrats. It's a Nickelodeon classic, right, that ran from, like, 1991 through 2006, roughly, give or take. It is a cartoon about babies tackling everyday events through the eyes of a child. So it was very grandiose. Am I using that word right, Mike? I don't know. So I'm going to say something that you are really not supposed to say if you are hosting a show, like a podcast. But this is pretty important. If you are not intimately familiar with Rugrats, please do me a favor and I hate saying this, but do me a favor and pause this episode and get on Hulu right now to watch all nine seasons in a row. Now, if you don't have Hulu, I looked it up, you can get a a 30-day trial for free, but here's the thing. We put out a new episode of Chris to Chris every single Friday, so I'm going to need you to work faster than that 30-day trial, right? I don't want you to 
fall behind and then all of a sudden you're not able to to listen to Chris to Chris like you normally do. I need you to be on top of it, okay? So if you have a job or you go to school, I need you to call out regardless. I don't care if it's finals. I don't care if your job is on the line. There's an episode of this podcast that is also on the line. So this is a by any means necessary sort of situation. Okay, so I haven't personally seen all of the episodes of Rugrats uh, because at a certain point, I had to bail on this show too. At a certain point, I had to adios. So I might need to pause my own episode here to catch up. Point of this week's show is that between seasons three and four of Rugrats, the show went through this huge shift in tone. It changed dramatically. It went from being a show about babies that anybody, including adults, could enjoy to being a show about babies that kind of talk down to kids. So this week, we're going to explore what happened, why it happened, and the future, if you will. But before we move on into that, let's go ahead and talk about our tip of the week. So, settle in here. On Sunday, my wife and I went to see the Lion King remake. Now, don't worry, I'm not going to spoil it. If you saw the original, you've already seen the remake, essentially, but I'm not going to spoil it, Mike. I'm just saying that when Disney said that they were going to remake The Lion King, it turns out that they meant that quite literally. Because this is a point-for-point remake of this movie. So, about 20 seconds into the, the, the movie, I noticed... Something is wrong at our theater on the screen. We were uh, sitting in a, a Dolby theater, and if you don't know, a Dolby theater pretty much means you get a, a nice big screen with a, a big, beautiful, better picture, better quality picture, and better sound, and we have those nice recliner seats and all that. But when the Disney castle showed up at the intro of the movie, like it does for every Disney movie, I'm not spoiling that for you, I hope. But there's a Disney castle in front of every Disney movie. And when the castle showed up, they had the word Disney pop up at the bottom of the, uh, the castle. Except for us, about 20% of the lower half of the word Disney was cut off. It was just missing. So I noticed this, and I'm immediately just starting to get pissed off. Because I know, I'm looking around, and I know that most people in this theater did not notice shit. They didn't notice shit, and they don't care. And as the movie is playing, I noticed that they didn't just cut off the bottom 20% of the screen. They cut off some of the top of it, too. Because this whole movie is framed incorrectly. And I'm sure it's framed correctly when they actually made it. And I chalk this up to the fact that movie theaters are pretty much run by teenagers. And I know this because I used to be a teenager working at a movie theater. And there was plenty of problems there. The movies would just stop randomly. People would complain about cleanliness. People would say, I need to bring a blanket to this theater just to sit down. Yeah. Yeah, movie theaters are run by teenagers, so I'm not surprised when something goes wrong. I could still be just as angry about it because, you know, forget it. I'm going to, I can go on and on about this. Let's get into the the nitty gritty here. First off, This movie, it was being hailed as a quote-unquote live-action remake, but I don't think a single frame of this movie was actually filmed live. You know, at one point when they announced it, I thought, okay, it was being directed by John Favreau. I think that's how you pronounce his name. He directed 
Iron Man, Iron Man 2, but he also directed the one of the uh, previous Disney remakes, which was uh, the Jungle Book live-action remake. And that one, although it was heavily, 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 heavily CGI-infested, you could still call that or classify that as live-action because they used a real human actor for Mowgli, the boy. But even the jungle in that movie was CG. This movie, the Lion King remake, does not have a single human in it, right? And the scenery, like the the ground, pride rock, the jungles, it all looks extremely similar to what it looked like in the original 94 animated movie. So I don't think... I don't think that Disney spent the money to go and uh, use dynamite and carve rock in Africa to look exactly like it did in their animated movie. So I got a hunch that this whole movie is CG. Just a hunch. And because they were, because they were going for a more realistic take, uh, there's something that I noticed in this movie that I never noticed in the original Lion King, although... It was also missing there. Be prepared here. Uh, In this remake, the lions don't have any balls. Spoiler. Sorry. I should have said spoiler. The, The lions don't have any balls. Now, I didn't go into this movie ready to to look for lion balls okay let me just make that clear from the jump it wasn't on my to-do list that day i wasn't saying hey two tickets for lion king and i hope there's two balls on each of them no it's not what i was doing but when mufasa or simba or scar got on the screen it was plain as day that they don't have any balls you know, have you ever been to like the zoo or uh, a safari or anywhere, anywhere where you might see an actual lion? And if you see a male lion, you might notice there's two balls hanging off of him, much like an unneutered dog or cat, maybe. And we're talking a lot about animal balls, so I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna dwell on this too long. But point is, if Mufasa does not have any balls. That means Simba isn't really his child. And therefore, Simba is not the rightful king. Checkmate. You know, just something to think about. Just something to think about. I'm sure it had something to do with the rating they were going for. Although, I don't know what the politics is when it comes to animal testicles or genitalia. Again, I wasn't looking for this. I wasn't actively hoping to see animal balls. But when you, you, you make a realistic take, because the animals do have a very realistic look to them, and then they're all of a sudden missing something very realistic that you might be familiar with to a certain degree, it becomes quite obvious. So it, it stood out to me. Anyway, you might remember the original Lion King as a musical. There, there was uh, many song numbers, and this is no different. Because again, this is a point-for-point remake. There is very little different about this movie except some dialogue changes and there's there's a few things here and there that are different but for the most part if you've seen the original you've seen this movie you know exactly what's going to happen when it's going to happen but the music in this movie I, w- I would classify as okay okay here and there 
bad here and there. Uh, some of the instrumental stuff, you know, the actual just non-lyrical music, I feel like they actually took some of that to the next level. But the songs with, with words in them, they just don't hit like they did in the original. Particularly the, the song by Scar, the villain, when he sings Be Prepared. In fact, I did a cover I did an impromptu cover of Be Prepared on a previous episode of this podcast, I believe. And uh, I, I, was, I was thinking about doing it again. But, you know, just, just go back and listen to every single episode of my podcast again if you, if you want to find out what that sounded like. I, I don't remember which episode it is, so I just highly encourage you to just constantly have me in your ear one way or the other. But uh, the, it, it was a good song in the 94 version. And if you don't know, that's the song that Scar is singing to his hyena buddies. In this movie, the remake, Scar isn't really singing. He's just kind of talking to the hyenas over music. He just kind of says, be prepared. Be prepared. He's not, be prepared. You're not seeing green smoke fly out or anything like that because this is realistic. This is realistic. None. Of, in fact, any time they did a musical number, they, they were trapped to the constraints of realism even though these are talking animals they felt like they had to be trapped with the realist take realist realistic take you couldn't have uh, simba gliding down uh, a giraffe's neck you couldn't have scar talking to the the nazi marching hyenas as green smoke breaks through the ground he's just kind of talking he's just saying be prepared be prepared over some music. It, it, it's it's honestly the most disappointing part of the movie for me because I love to be prepared so much. When, it, when I was a kid, we had the uh, Lion King music on a green cassette tape. I think they even had it in the original Toy Story. And I would all I cared about was listening to Be Prepared. That was my jam. That was my jam. I identified so much with the villain of that movie. Anyway. <sighs> yeah, I, I don't know. Uh... Actually, thinking about it, about half the actors of this movie can't sing. But Papa Disney said, you know what? You can't sing, but you're going to sing anyway, because that's where your paycheck is coming from. Uh, uh, Seth Rogen can't sing, but he sings. He sings in this movie. Uh, John Oliver plays uh, Toucan Sam in this movie. He can't sing, but he's singing. The only, the only people that can really sing are the, the, the little kid actors playing young Simba, young Nala, and then Donald Glover and Beyonce. But my problem isn't so much with the kid actors. I think they did okay. But uh, when, when Donald Glover and, uh, or Childish Gambino and Beyonce are singing, it felt like they were just kind of doing good covers of the original songs because they start riffing, you know? They start riffing and adding and trying to highlight their voices and it just doesn't sound, it sounds like they're, they're, they're too self-aware that this is a Lion King remake. And I don't know, I, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. I just, I just wasn't a big fan of it. Um, overall, I thought the movie was fine. You know, it, was, it wasn't a bad movie because it, it was a remake, a shot-for-shot shot remake of a good movie. So they still hit on some good things. It was fine, it was just like so many remakes, unnecessary. You know, they changed so little from the original that I'm not sure what the point was other than the obvious, which is, of course, money. Moolah, Skrilla, Scratch, Paper, Dollars. Which I was just surprised to learn that 
uh, Disney is interested in making money, apparently. So this week's tip of the week is to uh, lower your expectations. Lower them. Take them down like a an excellent limbo guy or gal, you know? How low can you go? Lower your expectations. Because the the lower your expectations are, the less room there is for disappointment, you know? I saw the, the Beauty and the Beast remake, and I wasn't a fan of it. It wasn't, it was a, a boring movie. It wasn't as good as the original. And, you know, after that experience, I kept my expectations low, and I'm a much happier man for it because I saw The Lion King. I wasn't expecting greatness. I did not get greatness. It wasn't awful. It was competent. It was aggressively competent. Anyway, that's my soapbox for The Lion King. I hope you guys still go out and give Disney uh, millions and millions of dollars for it. You know, they made almost $200 million on opening weekend. So, you know, these poor guys need a little bit more money. So go ahead and give them some money this weekend. Uh, let's move on to a little thing we like to call Video Game Corner. So the official Twitter page for the Sonic the Hedgehog movie indicated this week that the movie may have been delayed again, but they went back on it, and it turns out that the movie is still planned to come out on Valentine's Day 2020 after all, and I think that's an appropriate date for this movie because it seems like a great movie to test the love of a lot of young relationships, you know? Like, oh, 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 you want to see the, the Sonic the Hedgehog movie on Valentine's Day? Hmm, interesting, interesting, yeah. Uh, maybe maybe we should break up. I feel like that's a conversation that might be happening within the next uh, six or seven months. Uh, anyway, because this movie was not actually delayed, again, like I had originally thought, the only real big news this week was that Nintendo caved to pressure regarding a class action lawsuit with their Switch Joy-Con controllers. Now, if you're not aware, there's a notorious, uh, quote-unquote, drifting issue with these uh, controllers for the Switch that, that causes... The, the issue is that it you're, you're playing and all of a sudden the controller thinks you are moving the joystick when in reality you're not. Or you are moving it, but you're not moving it that way, which is a, is a big pain in the ass when you're playing a game. I actually... Uh, had this problem with my left Joy-Con that I got at launch with the system, and I first noticed it while I was playing Super Mario Odyssey about a year or two ago. And uh, I wasn't a fan of that. I wasn't too happy with that because I had heard about this problem, and now all of a sudden it had happened to me. I didn't care about the Joy-Con problem until it came for me. So I called Nintendo to give them a piece of my mind. They said, okay, okay, okay. Send us the controller, we're going to fix it. Still under warranty, no charge. We're going to fix it. So I sent them the controller. And they sent me back some refurbished controller that wasn't mine. Some other guy or girl had already been playing with this controller. They also had that problem. And then they gave me that controller. I didn't like it at all. I don't, I don't like that. I, wanted, I would have been happier with a new one. But it was clear that they had given me a used one. But the problem was fixed. It wasn't drifting anymore. So, okay, whatever. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta move on, right? First world problems and all that jazz. But uh, this problem was pretty well known even before I I sent it in. So, at this point in present day, right now, 
I thought that Nintendo had actually fixed the problem so that Joy-Cons weren't experiencing this issue anymore. But apparently, that's not the case. They, they didn't. They just said, you know what, uh, we'll, we'll just fix these as they come. I don't know why. I'm assuming uh, by fixing the, the Joy-Con issue, they would have had to increase the production cost of these systems by like a couple cents. And God help you if you do that. They'd rather risk a class action lawsuit, which congratulations, Nintendo, you got it. So they, they have this class action lawsuit. And uh, it was making big news this week. And at first, Nintendo released this this PR response, which was pretty damn lame. It was just pretty much telling people, just, hey, you know what? If you're experiencing any issues, go to our website, support.nintendo.com or whatever the hell they said. And uh, everybody else, everybody else, everybody called Nintendo out on this shit. They, they said, uh, no, that's not that's not good enough. That's not good enough. We already know. That's all you ever say. It's all you ever say. It's all you or any other corporation ever says. Go to our website if you're experiencing any issues and we'll be happy to help you. So they caved to pressure, thankfully. They said, okay, okay, listen. We're going to fix all of the Joy-Cons in the world. Anybody that sends us a Joy-Con, we're going to fix it free of charge. You know, even if it's out of warranty, we're going to fix it. And if you already paid us, we're going to refund you. We're going to give you your money back. So uh, maybe this means that uh, they will actually fix the flaw in new controllers going forward, and we won't have to threaten companies with multi-million dollar lawsuits in order to get them to act right. Microsoft went through a very similar issue with the Xbox 360. They were pretending like everything's okay. That was Saddam Hussein's uh, main man saying, there's nothing to see here. Uh, There's nothing to see here. Don't worry that the house is on fire. Don't worry that the Xbox 360s are all imploding. And then... A couple months later, they say, okay, look, we're going to spend billions of dollars repairing and replacing Xboxes because we screwed up. So Nintendo's going through something similar right now. But let's get back to Rugrats, right? That's what we're here for. Now, at this point, if you're, if you're, if you're still listening to the show, uh, everybody has binged through all nine seasons of Rugrats. And... Right now, even though it's not my fault, I want to apologize for the last six seasons. But uh, the reason I wanted you to listen to or watch them all is because it's important that you know the context of what happened. Now, while you were watching all of these episodes of Rugrats, you might have noticed a few things between season three and four, which were the most critical differences that you could possibly make or possibly notice. Uh, First being... The episode titles went from red text to this bluish green text. And at the time when that happened, I I would see that and I'd be like, oh, this is one of the newer episodes. But I grew to hate that bluer green text because it also signified that it was one of the badder, worser episodes. You might also notice that the, the, the jokes that were intended for adults were becoming less frequent and less funny. And that the babies started devolving, meaning evolving backwards by uh, talking in quote-unquote baby talk. For some reason or another, they just started using baby talk. And we'll touch on that uh, more a little bit later. Now, obviously, all these changes really suck, right? They suck. So why'd they happen? Well, let's get into it. Let's get into it. Uh, I'm getting most of my info, just a heads up, I'm getting most of my info from uh, various websites and YouTube uh, Saber Spark on YouTube 
has a pretty good video about it called What Ruined Rugrats? And I highly recommend you check it out if you're interested in this topic. If you're not interested in this topic, thanks for joining us on Chris to Chris. Uh, I promise you this is a, a one-episode occasion for now, unless people are demanding more Rugrats history. Anyway, we're still here. We're still talking about it this week, okay? Deal with it. The biggest thing to take home here is that Rugrats was pretty much the product of three people. And those three people were Arlene Klasky and her husband, Gabor Supo. And I'm assuming I'm pronouncing his name wrong, but I'm also assuming this guy has dealt with people pronouncing his name wrong ever since he moved to America. I think he's from Hungary. Anyway, Arlene and Gabor, Klasky and Supo, they form this production company called Klasky Supo. You might have seen it at the end of every uh, Rugrats episode or Wild Thornberries episode or Our Real Monsters. They produce a lot of Nicktoons. Anyway, when making Rugrats, they brought on this guy named Paul Germain. And he helped produce and write for the show. And he was a pretty smart guy, this Paul guy. He, he said that this show about babies, it needs an antagonist, you know? Someone to challenge the babies. Someone to conquer. Someone to, to deal with. And that's where Tommy's cousin, Angelica, comes from. She was a little bit older. She was three years old. She, I always thought of her as the, 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 the baby walker. The ghost, the, the ghost walker, is that an appropriate term? I don't know. But she, she was able to walk the line. She was able to speak to the babies, but also speak to the adults who couldn't understand the babies. It was pretty, pretty amazing if you think about it. But Arlene Klasky, she hated Angelica. And she was on record at the time saying that she hated Angelica because she thought she was too mean to the babies, you know? Always calling them stupid babies, punishing them, hitting them, bullying them, like the bully she was. But because she didn't like Angelica and because of his uh, Paul's influence on the show, Arlene and Paul did not get along. But Paul, I think, in my completely unbiased opinion, I think Paul was a huge reason this show was great at the time. You know, he wanted the writing to be smart and treat the kids like they had a brain, you know? He, I, I remember, I think it was in that Saber Spark video, he pretty much said that uh, Paul wanted Rugrats to be the Simpsons for children, okay? So Paul and his writing team, they came up with a whole bunch of great ideas for the show. And it's very evident in the first three seasons of Rugrats. I remember there's one quote, or, uh, or some just certain quotes from that first three seasons that really stick out to me. Like Reptar on Ice, they go to see uh, Reptar, the, the Godzilla-like dinosaur, uh, in his ice show. And uh, the quotes from that episode alone are just brilliant. You know, Reptar is singing to his, his human wife, and he says, or she says, Though, or actually, they're singing it together. They say, the wonder of life when a lizard takes a wife. It's almost too much to bear. After the pilot, Nick ordered 65 episodes of the show. They say, hey, we like this pilot. We're, we want you to make more of this. And they ran those 65 episodes from 1991 through 1994. After that, Nickelodeon said, look, Here's what we're going to do. We're going to air a shitload of reruns of Rugrats. And by doing that, it turned out to be a pretty popular idea because it made the show super popular. It was in the zeitgeist. Everybody knew Rugrats. And that's why you would start to see Rugrats at Universal Studios and uh, everywhere. Rugrats were big. Rugrats were big. Even though they were about small people, they were big. They were popular. And like I said, Arlene Klasky and Paul Germain didn't get along. So during all this time, she and uh, him, Arlene and Jermaine, 
were were button heads like like those goats do, like those dinosaurs do. They were button heads for three years. And Arlene's husband, Mr. Gabor, Mr. Gabor Supo, he was usually caught in the middle as their mediator. And so they'd say, look, 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 look. dude, you got you to settle this problem. I think the writing should be good. And she'd say, well, I think they should be nicer. And usually, Mr. Supo would uh, end up taking the writer's side. So Paul would get his way. And we'd get better episodes because of it. Now, spoiler alert for uh, Arlene Klasky and uh, Gabor Supo's marriage. But they didn't make it. In uh, 95, I think it was, they ended up getting a divorce. They still ended up working together for, for years and years. They might even still be working together. But they got divorced. And some people think... It's because he, he didn't have her back on her bad ideas. So anyway, after they fulfilled their 65-episode uh, deal with Nick, the show went on hiatus. You know, they had already they, they made their episodes, and Nick hadn't ordered more in the meantime because that's just the way kids' television works sometimes. So in, af, after it went on hiatus, Paul Germain said, look, I'm sick of this shit, and he bailed. He said, I'm out, I'm out, I'm done, look. I can't I can't be dealing with your wife no more. So when he left, he took a lot of the best writers of Rugrats with him. And he went along to create some other shows, including a well-known show called Recess that aired on ABC. Very, very good kids show. I recommend you check it out one day. It might be on Disney Plus soon, actually. Anyway, uh, Rugrats came back in like 96 or 97, and it came back as a very different show. It, it just wasn't the same almost at all. I mean, there, there were similarities, kind of like a pod person is similar, but it was very different. And you could tell that some things had improved. You know, they had a bigger budget, obviously, because the animations and the colors were a lot cleaner. But their writing had clearly changed. And the babies, the babies started to talk more like babies. I mentioned that earlier, but they'd start mispronouncing words that they might have used to say just fine in previous years. You know, they might have been able to say that word, but now they have, there's some sort of stupid baby talk tone to it. In, in that YouTube video I keep mentioning, uh, there I guess there were rumors that, or not rumors, but I, I guess they would say that uh, Miss Klasky would would start using baby talk to the writers. Like she was really into the idea of babies at the time. And so I, I think I, I really think she screwed up Rugrats. Anyway, the plots also uh, when when they when they came back, the the plots of the episodes also seemed. To, I felt like they had lower stakes. You know, you went from Spike the dog being lost and Tommy just being heartbroken about it to to plots about uh, buying a new minivan. You know, they took a lot of the bite out of the show. It didn't have the same the same grit to it. You know, but it kept going and going and going. And then they, they made uh, the Rugrats movie in 1998. And I remember seeing the teaser for the first time. Uh, I remember Tommy saying, we're going to be big, really big. And I was so hyped. I was so hyped for uh, uh, the Rugrats movie. And then they had that song with uh, Maya and Blackstreet. It went, ah, 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 you, 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 G, 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 ah, 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 A, 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 T, 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 S, 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 Take me there. I want to go there. Take me there. Let's go there. Take me to that great place with wonders and wishes. Make a wish. Close your eyes and count to five. 
Cause you know that everything will be alright. Are you gonna sing the whole damn song? <sighs> okay, uh, sorry, Mike. Uh, look, the movie was cool. It was cool. Uh, I feel like with movies, they, they are generally able to step their writing game up a little bit. But they made a mistake in the movie of adding a new character, which was Dill Pickles. And that was Tommy's younger brother. And because Dill was in the movie, they had to add him to the show because you can't add a brand new baby brother into the show and then have him disappear because then all of a sudden you're thinking, wait a minute, did they, did they kill Dill Pickles? Did, did his parents murder him and try to act like he never happened? So no, they added Dill to the show. And it turns out that adding a newborn baby into a show about babies really writes you into a corner, you know? Dill couldn't do anything. He couldn't do anything in the movie, so he couldn't do anything in the show. He, he couldn't do anything except really just kind of sit there and cry or sleep, which doesn't make for a very interesting character. But he was in the show now, and they had to make that into plot points over and over and over again. And the show kept going and going. And then they kept making movies. A couple years later, they made uh, Rugrats in Paris. And that's where Chucky gets a new stepmom and a, a new stepsister named Kimmy. So they had to add Kimmy to the show. And this is where I remember them really amping up this baby talk thing to 11. You know? The, at this point, the, the show was just obnoxious to me. I couldn't take it anymore. So it went from being one of my favorite shows to something I actively avoided. Like, oh, Rugrats is on. So three years later, they made a movie where the Rugrats meets their other show, The Wild Thornberries. And Bruce Willis is in there voicing Spike, who had never talked before. He's voicing Spike for some reason. And everybody just took a big running start and jumped the shark as far as they could. And three years after that, Nickelodeon finally put the show out of their misery, canceled it, and it was done. Anyway... We'll come back to this in a few minutes. In the meantime, we gotta talk about the news! Less than 4,000 people in the Philippines have attempted to break a record for dribbling a basketball at the same time. Spoiler alert, they failed. They failed. I watched this very inspirational video it's about people in the Philippines coming together, all with a basketball in hand, to dribble in unison. But it was a huge letdown for me. You know, it turns out that as much as the Filipinos love dribbling basketballs, they never learn to all do it together at the same exact time. Granted, I don't think that was the idea. I think they weren't trying to do it in unison, but that is personally what I wanted out of this experience. So I watched a three-minute video on Facebook, and to my surprise... They couldn't get 4,000 people to dribble in unison. I was kind of expecting to see the best example of cooperation I had ever seen in my lifetime, which might have been some sort of, uh, uh, what's the word, a, a microaggression, but a, a micro-racism on my part. You know, maybe it was racist for me to assume that 4,000 people could all dribble at the same time. Uh, it turns out that I guess all countries are, are terrible at cooperating with each other. Mike, 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 what? Mike, I don't think you picked a very good news story this week. Uh, it, it, I'm realizing this now. It's kind of hard to sell this story without actually seeing the video. And this is an audio podcast right now. You know, the, the governor of Puerto Rico just resigned, Mike. 
and you thought it would be a better idea to talk about dribbling basketballs. Lame, dude. Lame. Uh-huh. Anyway, look, we've talked a lot about Rugrats this week, and I think I've given you more information than you've ever wanted about this show. So I'm not going to hammer the history of it in anymore, you know? Not today. But before we stop talking about Rugrats altogether, I did want to mention that this show is apparently being rebooted in 2021. And apparently all three creators, including Paul Germain, because he left, remember, he left after three years, but apparently he's coming back too to work with Klasky and Supo. And they're all going to make this show all over again. And apparently, apparently some asshole thought it would be a good idea to do a live-action Rugrats movie. But uh, there is, of course, a twist, because why wouldn't there be? It's a live-action movie, but the Rugrats themselves are going to be CGI. They're going to be CGI, you know? I, I, like, I don't know what the fuck is happening anymore. I don't, you know? It's like they knew that live-action movies are, or live-action remakes are super popular right now, right? You got Jungle Book, you got Beauty and the Beast, you got Aladdin, you got Lion King, blah, 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 blah. They're very popular right now. They're making money. So it's like somebody knew that these live-action remakes were, were popping. But that person also knew that a live-action Rugrats movie is a terrible idea. So they said, well, we'll film the movie in live action, but we'll make the babies into these CGI cartoon characters. That'll make it better, you know? They'll be interacting with real people, real humans, real human actors, but they'll be these CGI cartoon babies so that they look and sound and move like they did in the cartoon. Brilliant fucking idea. Everything is stupid, folks. Everything is stupid. Everything. Anyway... Let's move on to a little thing we like to call listener questions. We have some great questions this week. Ken asks, what is your favorite word? Great question, Ken. Uh, My favorite word is a toss-up between moist and slurp. Some of the best words, uh, most popular words. I know I'm, I'm picking cliches, but they're just some of the most popular and favorite words, and that's no different for me. Uh, Yilly asks, what does the N in Up and Loaded stand for? Great question, Lily. The N stands for none your business. That's my uh, 90s comeback. Famous from the, uh, the TV movie Brink. You might remember Brink from uh, the uh, Disney Channel. But uh, no, like uh, when we were coming up with Up and Loaded, we, we thought about this. Uh, I specifically thought about this. Uh, should it be up and loaded or up and loaded? And you know what? I thought, how how would you say it? How would I personally say it out loud? Even if it was spelled up and loaded, I would say up and loaded, up and loaded, you know? And it sounds better in a in a rap song, up and loaded, up and loaded. Yeah, yeah, I like it. I think I think we'll go with up and loaded. Thanks for the question, Yilly. Ken asks, can you answer this in podcast 45? Yes, Ken, unless I forget. But I can personally guarantee you that I might not forget. Yilly asks, are you going to actually answer this on the podcast? No, but I might answer it on episode 45. So far, that episode is getting a lot of buzz for some reason. And I'm feeling like answering it then. 
Ken asks, why were you in Hall H at San Diego Comic-Con announcing something amazing? Well, <laughs> I guess the cat's out of the bag. Thanks, Ken. Guys, if you didn't see me in person this year at Comic-Con 2019, San Diego, uh, you might have missed it when I personally revealed the Season 3 trailer for Westworld. But I'm very proud of it, so I felt like somebody had to talk about it, even if it's just me holding up a phone, walking around Comic-Con, Hall H. Uh, Yilly asks, will Chris to Chris be renewed for a third season? Well, we're going to see how we perform in season two, Yilly. But uh, I'm, I'm, I have good feelings about it. Actually, uh, Apple Podcasts does give you the option to tag episodes by seasons, but I haven't done that before uh, because I think that Chris to Chris is probably only going to have one season, and that is the season of my life essentially. Once my life is over, the show is over until I am reincarnated. So thanks for the questions, guys. As always, you guys can ask us questions on our Facebook page or Twitter page or, or Instagram page. We are all over, but we're constantly putting out a feeler on our Facebook page. Mike, remind me to put out a feeler on our Twitter and possibly Instagram page this week uh, or next week, I guess. I want questions from all around the globe because we're trying to get eight billion people listening to this show even if we don't currently have eight billion people on planet earth we want to make it happen so folks get to uh screwing i guess um let's wrap this show up with uh, some poll results last week we asked on our facebook page what is the best part of july and 33 percent of you said that aliens and their cars are the best part of july that would be their their ufos or ufos if you're french uh 67 of you said that the best part of Wait, Mike, hold on a second, dude. Mike, I got a bone to pick with you. Freaking Mike. Did I, I said the question was, the, what is the best part of July? That was two weeks ago now, or last week. Or two, yeah, two weeks ago. <sighs> the question was, what is the government hiding in Area 51? Not what is the best part of July. You son of a bitch, Mike. Look. What is the government hiding in Area 51? 33% of you said that aliens in their cars were uh, being hidden in Area 51. And 67% of you said that the government was hiding real sponges that talk. Much like Squidward, the sponge. This week's poll asks, what is your favorite word? I was inspired by that question this week. Uh, don't forget, you can subscribe to this show on all those uh, podcasting apps I mentioned earlier and probably some other ones. We're on Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, blah, 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 blah. We are everywhere, including uploaded.com, where you can download this episode to your phone. You can download it to your tablet. You can download it to your computer. You can stream it to any one of those devices as well. And I highly encourage you to blast it wherever you are. Play it in your car with the speakers turned up to 11. Let everybody know. Let everybody know. You are listening to Chris to Chris, and you highly encourage them to do the same thing. I'm not encouraging you to violently threaten them, but if you were to happen to flash a knife or, or, or a gun at them when you said it, uh, you know maybe that would maybe that would uh, increase our, our listenership. But I'm not encouraging you to do that. Anyway, you guys have been wonderful. It's been a little bit longer of an episode, and that's because we went into a lot of detail about Rugrats. And I'm now realizing that if you don't care about Rugrats at all, this episode might have turned you off quite a bit, but I hope it was interesting for you regardless. Guys, you have been wonderful, and I'm a little happier this week. I don't have to go to work tomorrow. 
I don't have to go to work tomorrow. Although I'm recording this on a day where I do actually have to go to work tomorrow. But by the time you listen to this, that statement will be true. I don't have to work this weekend. So just like you, I want you to do me a favor because I'm going to do it and enjoy your weekend or else.